Welcome to The Kate Show, a weekly marketing podcast for interior designers and home stagers. Hosted by author, entrepreneur, and marketing consultant, Kate the Socialite. Each week, you'll learn helpful tips on how to make social media easier, how to grow your mailing list, and how to simplify every area of marketing and advertising your business. With her blunt, no-fluff approach, Kate stands up for business owners who want real results in their marketing, but have limited time or resources. And now, please welcome your host, Kate the Socialite. Hey guys, do you remember when Charlie Brown talked about having a crush on a little red-haired girl in the Peanuts cartoons? Well, from the age of about eight, I was convinced that Charlie Brown was talking about me, that he had a crush on me. And of course, it was very flattering to my little eight-year-old self. But much like the elusive redhead on the Peanuts cartoons that he was talking about, I was completely unknown until recently, until probably a year and a half ago. And I'm telling you guys this because I want you to know that I wasn't born into this situation. I was born in the southern hills of Wisconsin. I didn't get a smartphone until college and I bought my family's first flat screen TV as an elaborate Christmas gift because up until then, which was oh the year uh, I'd say 2011, my family still had one of those old tube TVs because we just really didn't care that much about technology. We'd rather, you know, be outside. Now I'm telling you this, like I said, because I want you to know that I wasn't born with a smartphone in my hand. Smartphones weren't actually around in the early 90s when I made my appearance in the world. And I want you to know that everything I've learned, I have taught myself. And I know that because of that, you guys can learn it too. It doesn't matter where you are at in the whole spectrum of technology. But I also want to share with you a little bit about where I came from and how I got to where I am because I want you to understand how being specific and strategic in your business is making all the difference for me and it will make all the difference for you. Okay, so how would you guys respond if I told you that I didn't have real internet for the first three years of my business? That's right, I run an online business and for the first three years I didn't have real internet. Now you're probably wondering, um, okay, how the heck does that work? Well, there's this little invention called satellite internet that I was using and yes, it was awful, but it was better than nothing. And it allowed me to design websites, do graphic design work, and create email newsletters for my clients. So it really wasn't a hindrance. I just had to, you know, unplug the router and plug it back in like once a day (laughs) to reset it. But again, technology was always against me and that technology was the very thing I was trying to utilize. So if you feel in your business that technology is against you, that you were just born with a non-technologically savvy brain, think again, because we can learn anything we put our minds to. Now, currently I do have real internet and I got real internet over the summer. So summer of 2017, we finally got DSL internet because after I moved out of the hills of Southern Wisconsin, I moved north of Madison and I live there with my husband and our dog and we're building a house and it's all very exciting, but we didn't have real internet. So that's where the satellite internet came in. And now that I have real internet, oh my gosh, it's amazing how much more productive I am and how I'm just like super efficient because things are just like zip, zip, like 
files will load, photos will upload. It's so exciting, guys. I know I sound like a nerd, but seriously, running an online business with real internet is pretty darn amazing. But I want you guys to know, I love living in the middle of nowhere. And I love running my company from anywhere. But here's the thing. I didn't always love my business. In fact, I wanted to quit quite often in the first about, oh, I'd say two years. And as I'm approaching the fourth anniversary of my business in February of 2018, I am so grateful. I am so humbled by where I have come from and where I am now. And I know I'm here not because I'm a genius. I'm here because, for one thing, God has blessed my business. And if you stick with my podcast, you're going to find out that my faith is hugely important to me. And of course, I'm respectful of whatever you believe, but I want you guys to know there will be more of this. I am so grateful for how God has blessed my business. I am so grateful for how he has put people in my life to help further my business. I have had so many women who were ahead of me in the game turn around, reach their hand out to me metaphorically, and pull me up alongside them. They didn't have to do that. They chose to out of the goodness of their hearts. And I am so grateful to people like my business coach, Michelle Williams, or business consultant, Madeline McRae, because they have pulled me alongside them and gotten me really to where I am now. Now, obviously, there are a lot of other factors that go into a successful business, and I'm going to tell you more about that from a marketing perspective. But the next thing I'd like to touch on is having a really good support system. So, like I said, I did not always like my business, and yes, I did want to quit. And you might be wondering why I didn't quit. Well, I have a pretty amazing husband, and he has always believed in me, and he has always seen the potential in things when I was just so focused on the task at hand that I just, I I couldn't see the forest through the trees, you know, but he always could. So when I started to get frustrated with how my business was going, and I was trying to be everything to everyone and serve anyone with a checkbook, he and I sat down and discussed the possibility of narrowing my focus, narrowing down or niching my audience. And that is how I ended up serving interior designers and home stagers and other people in the home industry, as opposed to serving everyone else. I literally don't take on clients outside of that industry. And that's just purely by choice, but it allows me to really focus and hone in on exactly what people in the home industry need to market their businesses successfully. Now, this is what I want you guys to think about. Sure, you're an interior designer, you're a home stager, but how can you get more specific? How can you up-level your business and work fewer hours, but be able to charge more because you're offering more value. So that brings us to the full topic of today's episode, which is specificity sells. The more specific you can be in every area of your business, the more effective each piece of marketing will be, the more well-known your brand or your business will become. So I know that many designers and home stagers will say that they serve anyone with a house, 
and a specific budget, of course, because they have to be able to afford your services. And I want to say right now, I totally get that. I totally get being especially a brand new business owner and not wanting to narrow down your market because, hey, you need clients, you need income, you need something. And the idea of turning away clients because they don't fit who you want to focus on is terrifying. And I've had many people say to me, well, Kate, if I narrow down my focus to a specific type of homeowner or a a unique sort of design style, I'm going to lose out on business and I can't afford to do that right now. I totally get that because I thought the same way. But here's the thing. When I narrowed down my focus and I decided what I wanted to become known for in my business, I was able to market myself accordingly. And then all of a sudden I get all these brand deals and partnerships from other companies because I am being specific. I am standing in my space, claiming it, and confidently saying no to offers that simply don't fit my brand. This is what you guys can do too because I can speak from personal experience. When you niche down your market, you will find your business starts to grow two, three, four times over and it just keeps going because you are able to hone in on the exact needs that a certain type of client has. Now, if you were trying to serve too many types of people in your business, like perhaps you are right now, anyone with a house, anyone with a certain budget, it's gonna be impossible for you to really tailor your services to that person, it's going to be really, really difficult for you to market your services as the perfect solution to everyone's problems. You can't fix everyone's design problems. That's just not humanly possible. So let's stop saying that we do and let's just say we don't. Let's just be honest and say, actually, we focus on this type of client. Now, I know I keep saying this type of client and the type of client you want to focus on is entirely up to you. So if you would like to focus on helping stay-at-home moms really enjoy the place that they live in, because honestly that becomes their workplace, being a stay-at-home mom is a ton of work, they deserve to have a wonderful workplace. That's totally cool. You can tailor all of your services to the stay-at-home mom because you're going to know what is important to her and what her priorities are. She has to have items that are kid-proof. She needs designs that will make her feel good about herself and feel confident about hosting events and gatherings, but, you know, aren't going to, like, break the bank completely, and they're not going to get ruined by her kids. And you can, you can take that to endless means and figure out exactly what she needs, and then you can craft your lead magnets or your opt-in offers so they just appeal to her. And, oh, by the way, guys, just because you're only appealing to that one person doesn't mean you won't appeal to people who are not stay-at-home moms. It does mean, though, that because you're being specific in who you serve, it means you know what you're doing. It means you are well-established, even if you aren't. It really elevates your professionalism when you can stand up and say, this is what I do, this is who I serve, and this is how I do it. Now, here's the thing. Like I said, you're not going to isolate other people from becoming your clients because consider it this way. Would you rather go see a general practitioner or would you rather go see a specialist if you have a very specific need and you need some sort of treatment for it? So if you need to go see a neurosurgeon, you're going to go see a neurosurgeon. You're not going to go to your general practitioner. The neurosurgeon is going to be more expensive 
but they are also going to have more tailored treatment. The general practitioner won't be as expensive and basically serves everyone, hence the term general practitioner. So it's okay to be a general practitioner in your business. It's okay if you want to serve a wide variety of people, but you need to understand the cost of doing that. You need to be okay with making less money every year. You need to be okay with focusing more on the volume of clients you have, the volume of customers you have, versus the quality of customers you have. And that becomes very draining, and it means you will definitely need to hire more people on your team or get a lot of subcontractors to help you because when you're dealing with a large volume of clients who have a variety of needs, it will be impossible for you to manage it all and not lose your mind. Now, this is a little bit of a problem because, like I said, it does attract clients that are more of a mediocre quality and versus clients that are like high quality. So the high quality clients will be more, more uh, I guess, prone to refer you to people who are just like them. Whereas the mediocre clients, if you're becoming a general practitioner in your business, won't necessarily refer you. They're not as invested in you. They don't have that relationship or trust built with you. So there's honestly nothing wrong with either business model, but clearly you know which one I go for only because it is very lucrative and you don't have to feel bad or slimy or sleazy about it because what you're doing is delivering more value and you're delivering it to the right person. Now being specific in your business will improve your service quality because you'll be able to tailor those services to the exact people who need them and obviously you'll be increasing your rates because of that and attracting clients who are not price driven. Hallelujah! We do not like price-driven clients, do we? We want quality-driven clients. We want clients who are driven by the fact that they have a need that only you can fulfill. Or maybe other people can fulfill it, but you can fulfill it best. And that is awesome. That is exactly what you want to accomplish when marketing your business. Set yourself up as a person who can do it best. Not the only person who can do it, because saying you're the only person who does blah, 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 does anything can be very dangerous because there will always be someone else who does exactly what you do and saying that you are the only one just makes you seem a little ignorant. So don't do that, but instead aim to be the best, the best one who can serve that certain client in their certain specific need. Now think about it this way. Every design celebrity is known for something. The Property Brothers have a unique service because they're out there flipping properties. It's a team of two. It's pretty awesome. And Tim Clark, he focuses on the beach house aesthetic. Fixer Upper, so Chip and Joanna Gaines, they specialize in a modern farmhouse aesthetic. You can specialize in an aesthetic. You can specialize in a certain type of client. It's up to you. Nobody is going to tell you what you have to focus on. So choose something that you love, that you're passionate about, that gets you fired up and ready for Monday morning, and pick that one. Don't pick something that you think everyone else will like, because the truth is you'll become a magnet to the right people when you show how passionate you are about what you've chosen to focus on in your business. So you get to decide what you are known for. That is the most exciting thing of all. Honestly, because when you get to decide what to be known for, you basically are creating your own celebrity. 
you are turning yourself into a celebrity and you are going to be able to control the messaging so much more. When and if you decide to niche your business, be prepared for people to think that you're a little bit crazy because when I decided to do that, people looked at me like, wait, what? So you're just going to turn away clients who aren't in the home industry? And I was like, yeah, well, kind of. I mean, like, that's not really who I want to serve. I haven't had the greatest of experiences working with them. And I just prefer to work with designers and stagers. And yeah, they, they definitely questioned my sanity. But you know what? <laughs> After a year of niching down my focus, nobody was questioning anything because it was clear that I had figured out the secret sauce to my business and I want you guys to have that same experience. And there's no reason why you can't have that experience. You don't need to sign up for a special course. You don't need a business coach. Although I would say if you're smart, you should definitely get one because they will help you focus and niche down in a way that makes sense for your business. And no, it's not gonna make you lose money. It's not gonna make you lose any good clients. It is going to elevate your brand. It's going to elevate you. And it's going to make other brands and companies seek you out because they will want to do a brand partnership with you or they'll want you to come speak at a conference. For example, I'm a big fan of a different podcast I'm sure many of you listen to called A Well-Designed Business by Luann Nagara. Now, I think Luann is an amazing businesswoman. And the cool thing is, her show is tailored to interior designers and because of that she has become so well known that I know she spoke at the Design Bloggers Conference and IWCE and it's just really cool to see how she went from already a successful business owner to now this media personality who is basically the poster child for the entire interior design industry and I think that is so impressive and it's what happens when you narrow your focus because interestingly enough, the podcast, A Well-Designed Business, has applicable and relevant information on it for any type of business. But because she focuses her podcast on things that apply to the interior designer, that is what makes her so well-known. I want you guys to think about that. In fact, I'm, I really want to coin this the Luann Nagara effect. I don't know. I may have to go reach out to her because she'll probably get a good laugh about that. But um, I really want you guys to understand that you're not going to lose business by focusing. Now, at this point, I get a lot of designers and stagers telling me, okay, Kate, this is all good and well, but who am I to be specializing and elevating myself to this position of authority in my business? or in my industry even. And to that I say, the only one who thinks you aren't qualified to do this is you. And the minute you can get out of your own way and get out there and say, this is who I am, this is who I work with, and this is how I serve them, is, this, is the minute that you're going to find yourself catapulted into a little bit of stardom. There's nothing wrong with that, is there? Because when you start getting publicity opportunities just based on the fact that you are specific about who you serve, is it's the day that you are going to realize you should have done this a long time ago. So how do you do it? How do you start niching your business? Let's say you've been in business for a few months or a few decades. Can you still niche? Of course you can. 
here's how you do it guys. It's really simple. The first thing you need to do is a given because I've been talking about it for this whole episode, but you need to decide who you're going to serve. All right. So once you figure that out, then you'll be able to discover what their needs are. So you'll have to figure out what is important to this person. Why would they be hiring me? What's motivating them to hire me? And then you're going to wipe the slate clean with your services, not like get rid of your services, but you're going to wipe the slate clean as in you're going to look at what you currently offer and remove things that really don't apply to who you want to serve. So I'm going to bring up the idea again of the stay at home mom. And let's say they're a single income family because he makes a lot of money or it could be reversed. It could be a stay at home dad and she makes a lot of money. Therefore, they can afford you. That's not the issue. But the issue is what is driving them to hire you and what problems do they have that you are then going to solve? And whatever your solutions are, those should be your services. So when you figure out your services, make sure you position them in a way that will appeal to that one person. So if we're talking about the single income, still like, you know, upper middle class family and let's say your design consult is on your website. Well, what is it about your design consult that will appeal to that specific type of client? Is it the fact that, yes, it is a paid consult, but you are gonna go to their home so that they don't need to find childcare, and you're really gonna get a feel for the space and how their kids use the space, and you're not just gonna keep that in your own head, you're actually gonna spell it out on the forms you give them or even on your website and say, we want to see how your children use the space. We want to see how you use the space. We want to see what the hangups are, uh, what is frustrating you about this and take it from that angle because that perspective, that spin on it is everything. You also wanna make sure that how you source your products is in line in line with um, how you're going to serve these people. Because let's say that you have a client who is vegan. Well, are you going to then source leather furniture for them? I don't think that would go over very well now, would it? Unless, of course, you could advertise that you source vegan leather, so faux leather. Or if you are sourcing green or sustainable products, that is going to appeal to a certain type of person and another person couldn't care less about it. So it comes down to knowing your client. You also need to be very specific in how you run your projects, but don't just be specific when you're running them, be specific when you're describing these projects and how they're run. Because if you are working with, let's say, a career professional and they are very regimented, they don't like surprises, and they want to know exactly how you work, make sure you spell that out on your website and on the documents that you give them so they can always reference it because it shows that you value them and you understand that they have a need for a schedule because they have their own busy life and a busy work schedule. They would like to know when you're coming and going, when the subs are coming and going. Now, obviously a lot of you will provide this for any client regardless of project type or client type, but make sure that the documents you are providing them highlight the things they're most concerned about first because it shows that you truly know them and that will make your client feel really understood and really comfortable with you. Now, the last thing is one of the biggest things don't freak out, but once you figure out who you're going to serve, you need to make sure that your business name and your logo and the rest of your brand appeal to that person. 
Now I'll use myself as an example. When I first started my business, I was not socialite. I was not known as Kate the Socialite. In fact, my business name was Capital Edits. Yeah, pretty boring, huh? But I started out doing editing and some light marketing for, again, anyone with a business, with a checkbook. It didn't go so well, as you know. And I decided when I wanted to focus on the home industry, and my clients are like 90% female, I wanted something that sounded a little bit more elite, but still approachable and comfortable. So I came up with Socialite, but then I understood that I needed to become the mascot of my own business, so I became Kate the Socialite. And all of that was because of who I'm serving. And it works because I get comments quite often saying, I love the name of your business. It really resonates with me. Because honestly, what interior designer doesn't want to be a socialite? You have to be kind of a people person if you're going to be working with people and in their homes all day long. So even though I am not in people's homes all day long, even though I am not always attending social events, I wanted my business to be known as Socialite or Kate the Socialite because that appeals to what my clients need and want and often already have in their, in their daily lives. So that's honestly all you have to do. You don't need to start from square one. You don't need to ditch your current client list and you can just start the slow transition of taking on only the right clients and no longer taking on clients that are not a good fit for you. So don't ever go up to a client and say, okay, I can't work with you because now I'm rebranding and I'm niching down. But instead you can say, um, no, thank you for the referral. You know, I, I'm only going to work with people who are XYZ and be very specific about that. And honestly, that will help people refer others to you more efficiently because then they'll be sending you a higher quality lead. They'll know exactly who you're looking for and it just makes the most sense. Because for example, again, in my business, if someone wants to refer a potential client to me, they know they're not gonna go find a landscaper and refer them to me because really that's not my area of focus. But if they are gonna refer an interior designer to me, I already know they're likely gonna be a good fit for me and I'll be a good fit for them because my services and products are already completely aligned with what they need. So it makes me become the one-stop shop for that particular business owner. And that's exactly what you guys can do to become the one-stop shop for the certain type of client or design aesthetic that you want to specialize in and be known for. So guys, that is all I have for today. If you have any questions about this episode, you can hit me up at katethesocialite.com or you can email me at kate at katethesocialite.com. And until next time, keep your marketing simple and your message clear. Thanks for listening to The Kate Show. Please hit the subscribe button and share this episode with a business bestie who needs to grow her interior design or home staging firm. To inquire about our products and services, please visit us at katethesocialite.com. Until next time, keep your marketing simple and your message clear.